This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Zoya's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kira Mawera. Kira Sam, how's it going? It's going very well indeed. You catch me taking Henry to Christchurch for his second year Ooh, of engineering. New... Yep, there are. Fantastic. Good there luck, are... Henry. There are kids with, or parents and kids, with trailers going up and down the country, moving people into flats. Yep. University, the new university year starting an exciting time. Good luck to all our listeners who are uh, on that journey. Indeed. And who are we introducing today? Today it is my very great pleasure to introduce Louis Rapihana. Um, his whakapapa comes from all the hapu of Whakatohia to Whānau Apanui uh, in the iwi of Matatua. He is uh, an important Portuguese District Council councillor. This is his first term. Um, but he his community contribution is pretty indescribable, really. Uh, he leads by true example. And he, he's a person who seriously walks his talk. And a lot of people are really good with the talk, but not great with the walk. But his walk is, is it, you tread lightly, hey eh, Louis? You tread lightly on this planet and you hold people so carefully in your hands. And I just have so much admiration for the way that you work. Thank you for joining us today, Kia ora. Kia ora, Kia ora kōrua. Thank you both for inviting me along. Kia ora, Louis. Where are you, Louis? Uh, I'm currently in Oportki at the moment. Uh, just finished coming back from the Rai from another co-papa supporting our whānau out there, uh, you know, who are grieving uh, and getting them through the process and uh, all of that stuff. So it's been a long day, uh, but I'm happy to be here with you both and everyone else that's listening as well. And this show is Blowing Bubbles. So how was your bubble life, starting with lockdown but then beyond? You know, lockdown, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I had a lot of fun in lockdown. And um, if anything, I was actually more busier than I was in lockdown than I am outside of lockdown. Uh, because, you know, my iwi te whanau we made a big stance uh, against uh, the norm. And uh, we created uh, checkpoints, checking our people as they were leaving and entering the area of te whanau And we made this bigger bubble. We didn't want it just to be our four walls of our house. We wanted it to be our entire rohe. Uh, so that kept me busy. 
but on top of it, you know, the busyness was ensuring that our people still got the support that they needed uh, in the hard time, uh, both on the side of the law and on the side of the iwi, uh, and ensuring that those two entities work together for the safety of our people. Uh, and, you know, on top of that, it gave me time to reflect on my life, on the things that I do, and making changes to the way I perform as well. Uh, so, you know, I really enjoyed it and I took so much pleasure out of being in lockdown uh, and uh, ensuring that my people were safe at the same time. So, you yeah, know, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people struggled with it, but for me, I loved it. Of all the good things that happened, recognising that there were people that struggled, as you say, why do you think it's taken us so long and a global pandemic to realise that we do need to perhaps have a reset and, and slow down for a bit? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting one because we should have done it before. We shouldn't. I think it's because we're so caught up in our day-to-day life uh, where we're always on the go, on the go, on the go, have so many things to achieve, so many things to get done. We never actually step back and just, you know, had a taihua. Let's have a look at the situation we're in, what's going on around us, how's our whānau. You know, even though I see my whānau, I don't actually check on how they are physically, mentally, emotionally but i'm always there for them but i never actually asked them how are you and during the lockdown they gave me a chance to do that by ringing them up or going to see them you know within our bubble and saying how are you actually doing what can i do to help you what do you need do you need support in anything um but you know and i think it has has to take something big like a pandemic for us to slow down and just to re rethink our life and re reset everything that's happening there uh, to make it a better tomorrow for us. So, you know, I love COVID because it did that. It allowed me to reset. It allowed my people to reset. It allowed this community to reset as well. What does that better tomorrow look like for you, Louis? You know, for me, I think it looks like us just taking a step back from everything and just reassessing absolutely everything within our life, you know, having more time for our family, and actually saying to people, actually, I need to have time with my with my siblings. I need to have time with my children. I need to have time with my mum and dad, or even our grandparents, if we're fortunate enough to still have them around. Uh, you know, and just having that valuable time instead of just this five minutes, kia ora, how you're doing, and then walk out the door. Uh, so for me, that's the uh, that's the tomorrow, is that we'll have more time for our own families. Uh, and at the same time with that, you know, it'll bring more well-being for our communities if all our whānau just took time out to be with our family and actually be with them and be present with them uh, in that moment rather than just a g'day, goodbye uh, and carry on with our daily lives. So that's the tomorrow I see. Do you think that we've managed to hang on to some of that? After the pandemic, we, we've had this realisation about how important those things are to us. Have we managed to, to embed that practice? Um, I think so. You know, if I look into my own family, we're a very busy family and uh, we've managed to do that. We managed to continue, you know, catching up with everyone. We managed to continue going to see them physically or over Messenger or on Zoom meeting, uh, you know, Zooies and all that kind of stuff. Those still continue to this day. Um, and I think, you know, it, could, it needs to continue. Uh, we need to do that. You know, my brothers who live away from home, 
uh, haven't been home so much uh, since the lockdown. Uh, you know, they now come home and they bring their children with them and we get to sit together and actually spend quality time together as a family uh, with our parents so that the parents can enjoy their mokopuna uh, even more so. Uh, so I think so, you know, and I think we need to do it more. Have you got family that's that's spread around and did the, did the technology work for you in, in, in maintaining and strengthening those connections? Absolutely, you know, and I think um, we're so fortunate in this day and age to have the technology that we do to keep in contact with those that we do love. You know, it's just so easier to push the call button on Facebook to video call your bro video call my brother, my sisters, uh, nieces, their nephews who are out in the world uh, to see how they're doing and see them physically rather than on the phone where we can only hear them on voice. And, you know, you can misinterpret a lot of things if you don't see one's face uh, and you don't see what they're actually saying. The same with writing. You can misinterpret the way they've written something in a message. Uh, so to be able to just push the video call and uh, make contact with them, kanohi kite kanohi, so I can see their eyes, so I can see what they're saying and what they're doing uh, is much better. So I'm very grateful for the technology that we have available to us today. We hear a lot about the, the Maori diaspora, not just around New Zealand, but much further afield. Is it working to, to reconnect people with with home? Yes, you know, and now we've got all our marae who are connected uh, through the connectivity um, activity that went on for marae. Um, so, you know, we can have our Hapu Hui as well on, on Zoom, uh, so that those who live outside of the iwi can uh, connect in uh, and have their say, which is uh, something they've been crying for for a long time. Uh, so, you know, it's been a huge thing for our people who live overseas to be able to connect and have a say what happens on their marae. Uh, and, you know, that was a hard thing for me to grasp uh, initially because to me, the decisions need to be made at the marae, on the marae, because that's where the modi, the essence of the marae is, is on the marae. Uh, but, you know, it's all good. Let's have it. Let our, let our people have their say. No mai huki maira a ipurangi. Come back on the ipurangi. Have your say if that's the only way we're going to get you to come back to the marae. Let's take something that I've been listening to. I've been listening to the chess the musical chess let's take one night in bangkok
such a difficult time in our region uh we started off with what happened in Edgecombe actually we started off what happened when a whole lot of sailing boats arrived on a shore here a few hundred years ago but but more recently we have a um we have had the the, the floods in Matata then the floods in Edgecombe and then uh Fakari and then um, we had um, COVID and it just seems like bang, 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 bang. And, and and it feels like we've been constantly reeling. And and I wonder, is it that as Māori we seem to, because our, our whole life is, is about everything that came before us and everything that comes after us and, and our place in that continuum. And, and so we're raised imagining that 
do you think that imagination has helped our community to go forward as well as it has? Absolutely. And, you know, I think us being true to our beliefs has really strengthened us as a people and given us the ability to move forward uh, no matter what the disaster, no matter what the struggles are, we're able to move forward. Because, you know, if we read the signs properly, those are signs telling us, hey, we need to do something different. So let's do that differently. Or, hey, we've done that wrong, let's go and do this. Or, hey, we need to take time out and just look at what's happening around us and just be one with ourselves and our whānau and then move forward. You know, I, I, my heart still goes out to our whānau who, um, you know, lost their loved ones during Fakari. And, you mm. know, that's a sign that our people were just going too fast. Our people had moved too fast uh, for that time because if they go back to the corner of our kaumātu, our kuia kuroa, they knew exactly when to go out there and when not to go out there. So, you know, me, we misread those signs. So those are our, our bad. Let's take that on the chin and let's move forward and then find a pathway forward for everyone to, you know, so that those people's lives weren't lost for nothing. So that they weren't lost for nothing and that we can celebrate them again uh, with the uh, two-year celebration, three-year celebration as we go on, as we always do with our tragedies. You know, as you say, we had the ships who arrived here uh, all those hundreds of years ago, and our people were so welcoming that they welcomed those ships in. And, you know, we have to be that same people today that our ancestors were and welcoming these people in because that's what they did. They're a wel we're our welcoming people. Uh, so, you know, and that will help us move forward as well. It will help us gain momentum to go forward uh, with our fellow humans, with our fellow iwi out there. So, you know, absolutely, I think if we just stay true to ourselves as a people, we'll thrive no matter what the disaster is mm. that uh, has done to hits us and comes along and tries to take us down. And I think we see that. We see that every time there's a disaster, it's marae opening doors, it's um, it's all of our iwi organisations feeding everybody, not just Māori, they feed everybody. There's that, that collective caring that we see amongst our own people is just the natural people that we are. And we spread that out into our community. And I wonder how how much that contributes to our resilience. Would resilience would the community be as resilient as as resilient as it is if it weren't for Māori being there driving that? Absolutely. I have to agree with that. If Māori weren't there driving that, our communities probably would not be in the way that they are today. If we look mm -hmm. throughout the world and see how they are with non-indigenous communities uh, who are involved. They, they they struggle, not like our communities here. We don't struggle as as bad as they do. Uh, so you know, it's a it's a big thing for us uh, to play that part within our communities, within our hapuri, uh, within our hapu, our iwi, uh, is to be there to guide the people, to be there mm -hmm. to support the people, be there to totoku and afi them, no matter what the situation is, because we will always come across the disasters. Disasters will never end, but it's how we as people react to them, as a people, as one, uh, that matters. It makes me really proud, um, even though, you know, my whakapapa is all in the South, uh, and I'm here with with no whakapapa links into this whenua, of how people care and love and 
and include and just how how beautiful this community really is and and you never could understand that unless you lived here in this space and and in this particular time where we need it most it it drives a healthy prosperous community doesn't it absolutely and you know and that's one of our our ancestors Hira Te Popo's saying is manaki te tangata ahakoa you know always welcome and be hospitable to the people no matter who they are or where they come from what their backgrounds are invite them in for a cup of tea have a conversation uh, never close the door on them and we live by that here in Apotiki we live by that here on the coast our doors are always open no matter what we've talked to a lot of people from the eastern bay of plenty in this show because we're a keeps inviting them to come and talk on the show and it amazes me the range of things that people are doing and the 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 amount of people who are doing really cool stuff and i've been trying to explain it to people as i'm not sure if it's a particular hotspot of a really strong community with activists all over the show doing really interesting things or is it just that because Mawera is there finding people, we've got a an, an end to the community that, that we're doing them? I suspect it's a bit of both. But do you feel that there's something special about that area in terms of how the community is working? Absolutely, and you're right. It is to do with the water now. <laughs> it's about... The, the people of Mātātua are well known throughout Māoridom. Uh, Mātātua is one of the strongest holds within Māoridom uh, throughout Aotearoa. Uh, and we stick strongly to our beliefs. We are strong within our karakia, we're strong with our te reo, we're strong with everything that we do. Uh, and especially our whakatauki, our whakatauaki from our tipuna, we live them on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> the same thing with hahi, you know, the majority of Mātātua waka rohe mai ngā kuria whārei ki Tihiro, from Tauranga all the way to the mighty Maunga Tihiro and Te Whānau we're Ringatū. And we live, it's not a religion, it's a faith, and we live it daily. You know, we give thanks for what we have, we give thanks for the food, we give thanks for everything around us and the things that have happened to us on a daily basis. And so, you know, I think that helps with our resilience here in Mātātua throughout the Eastern Bay uh, is having those strong values uh, inbred, in our, inbred into us as children. It starts as soon as we are, our, our parents know that our mother is pregnant, they will start talking to us and nurturing us from there. And then as soon as we come out, it just flows from from there, all the nurturing that they give us. So, you know, I absolutely think it is within the strong community that we have why you're seeing all the greatness, but it is also because Māori was here and she's pulling us out. You know, we're, we're not a, a person to be going out there and saying all this stuff, uh, but we need those people who just drag us out of the darkness and into the light uh, so that we can share our stories uh, like we are here uh, and like you have heard uh, throughout the journey of this program. So absolutely, so it's a bit of both. I think it's really important that we share the stories because they're worth sharing and, and, and they're, they're, they're really great stories and um, we need to be proud of the people who and the great work that they're doing. But also we need to be able to understand how people are 
are succeeding in terms of supporting the community or in terms of uh, being change makers, because that's what we need to understand how to capture. You know, to, we need to bottle that because we need to, you know, whatever it is that people are doing that they're doing so well, we need other people, not necessarily to copy it because they need to be doing what's right for their community, but to understand this is a, you know, this is how you make a difference. Mm. But, you know, if you live by the values of manakitanga and aroha, no matter where you are in the world, you will always have success. So manakitanga being hospitable, being caring, and, you know, nurturing people around you and those that come into you, sharing the love, the aroha with those people, and whoever needs it, you know, you will succeed. You'll have strong resilience amongst your whānau, amongst your people, and that going out into the community as well. So you know, if you live by those values, you will have success no matter where you are. So the be kind message that we had from the pandemic, you're there already? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Whānau Apuni was 10 steps ahead of the Prime Minister. Uh, we made our calls before she made her calls, so I think she was listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> what comes next? <laughs> Louis Prime Minister, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, that, that was a, my next question: is that you are a district councillor? Do those do those values transcribe into the in, around the council table and, and the, the the council offices? Do you do you have to oh you know hang that hang that coat up at the door as you go in, or do you manage to to get them into the council table? No, absolutely. I live them through and through. Uh, even in the council chambers, you know, we have our debates and we debate hard. But at the end of that debate, it's about the aroha you show to your fellow colleagues. And, you know, even though we disagree on things, we are still colleagues, we're still whānau. Uh, and it's very important for me that we still uh, have the ability to sit down and have a coffee afterwards, even though we don't agree. And, you know, and that's what it's all about for me. And those values are in me so much that I won't allow them not to have their cup of tea with me, not to have their coffee with me. Because in order for us to continue our work, we need to be able to do that. We're not always going to agree on things and we need to understand that. And you know, I don't always agree and don't always get my way, but I don't, I don't hold that grudge against them because I didn't get my way. But hey, let's have a cup of tea and let's have some more conversation about it. So absolutely, I don't hang that up when I go into the chambers, it comes with me. Um, and, you know, it's not always easy uh, bringing your Māori tikanga, your Māori ways into that environment of the council chambers because it isn't a Māori house. Uh, but, you know, when I do go in there with karakia, with whatever, I do, I do explain to them what it's about and they do appreciate that. And so it's about sharing the knowledge with them to ensure that they understand why I am the way I am or why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, it's not just Louis being nasty because he can be nasty. Uh, it's about sharing that that knowledge, you know, sharing the knowledge with the people so they understand. With the success of the Maori Wards campaign, we're going to see um, iwi Maori councillors around the country. Do you think we'll see a significant change in not just who's sitting around the table, but in, in how things operate? You know, that's a huge thing, uh, and the Māori wards is a huge thing. A lot of people were quite surprised when they found that I didn't support them 
as they would like to. Now, I'm not saying that I don't support Māori representation at all. What I don't support is the ture or the act that's in place at the moment that governs those seats. To me, yes, let's get rid of the 5% that's at, that uh, allows people to stop them, absolutely. But there's more that needs to be done before I would say yes to Māori seats here in Apotiki. You know, the, the jurisdictions uh, of the seats, uh, which is based on population, I don't like that. It should be based on mana whenua and where the mana lies within that district. You know, to say that uh, Whakatāne will only get three seats, oh, come on, there's more than that that needs to be in Whakatāne, or Portiki will only get one seat. We have three iwi here. I'm sorry, one seat's not going to be enough uh, to be the full representation of Māori. So it's all those changes that I think need to be done before I would even say yes uh, to allowing Māori seats here in a Portuguese district especially. But, you know, there are other areas that do need it. There are councils that actually need to have at least one Māori at the table uh, because there are nothing there. The likes of Tauranga, you know, all these bigger district city councils uh, need more represent representation. So the current changes of taking away the 5% will suit those bigger areas for now. Us little old ones, we're quite all right at the moment. You know, here in Apotiki, uh, we have more than half uh, the councillors or the elected members are Māori. Uh, so we're quite all right with the uh, representation for our iwi at the moment. Uh, and, you know, I have one of the biggest mouths in there, so I do advocate quite a lot uh, for my iwi, all my iwi here. Uh, and, you know, and I actually do have the right to speak on their behalf as well as a leader for my iwi. Uh, so they're quite fortunate. Uh, and I guess that's why I'm there, because it was actually the people who told me that I was going there. It wasn't me who said, I'm going to run for council. Hello, I put my <laughs> hand up. It was the people who told me, Louis, we're putting you in council. And you didn't run fast enough. Well, you ran, <laughs> but then you ran too well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, and, the, and those are the values that I live by too. From Since I've been home, uh, my values or my, my words or uh, way that I live is that I'm a slave to my people and I'll do what my people want me to do. It's not for me to do what I think my people need to do. It's for my people to tell me what I need to do for them. And that's why I stuck my hand up. Uh, in the ring for both the mayor and as a district councillor was because that's what the people told me to do. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mei aroha nui, kia koutou ko tāhohau, pe ohem bestei, start below inversive. We hope that we are, whatever's happening, we're all on together, rewarding, team for you, who you are, triumph of nature's unique, amazing, thank you. Now as you know, we are moving through the most fascinating time, we are having visit incarnated in this paradise planet, now co-evolving simultaneously with all life, and it how wonderful. As we know, this last several months of adventure is very challenging and for many of us around the globe and indeed here in New Zealand. It's still very it's so important we help each other and encourage each other to do what we to care for ourselves so that we give as much as good time we're here. And I've been very lucky also to involve this show for the last several months. It helped me enormously. I'm grateful to see the whole team, all of you. Thank you. And had the wonderful opportunity of appearing at Radio Zealand by Lynn Freeman 
and that interview mount today i've had a really wonderful feedback from it. and what it reminded us that we're not always given to share with you who we are here about what we in a way works for us comfortable with but i really hope more that we can this is something this show does so well giving space feel feel encouraged to share who they are what's life is to them what to do with life how they are navigating a series of realities that we are encountering post-covid or in the midst of COVID. And this is only one aspect of our lives, but of course, all aspects of our lives connect and affect each other. And so as much as we can, if we are able to invite one another to share, and we are able to speak and we are able to listen to each other, of course, so much learning and growth is possible. So I feel very honored to be able to speak with you on this show, very honored for all these opportunities to share. And also, of course, so honoured to get to listen. Listen to this show, listen to those around me in my daily life who feel comfortable to share. And of course, it's such a pleasure and a privilege to invite others to share and do our best to create a space of interchange and exchange between ourselves and those around us that we love so that they know that they can share themselves with us and we will be grateful be open to encountering the majesty of the truth and for all of us we are in this life completely clear the more that we are brave share that understanding the better we can all go forward so i really hope that for you you're being given opportunities in your life to share your wisdom to share yourself in a way that works really well for you inspiring others where you are and i really hope you're also getting the opportunity to encourage and invite others to share and really enjoy that process of and sharing and growing together and i'll look forward to talk tomorrow thanks so much you're listening to blowing bubbles we're talking with louis rapihana louis we've seen lots of societal changes over the the last few months the last year of the pandemic what do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick yes no there's been a huge uh, culture shift within now within our uh, communities, within our nation, really. Um, and, you know, I just wish and I hope that the values of whānau stick within the people. Uh, no matter how hard life gets or whatever life throws at us, uh, we should always remember that we should be able to fall back on our whānau to help us get through to the next day. Uh, we should be able to fall back on our community uh, to get us on and lift us up and carry us on into the new day. Uh, so, you know, and I hope that a lot of culture change happens within the large organisations, uh, you know, getting our people into work, uh, getting our people into warm, clean homes. Uh, all that work needs to continue more than ever uh, for our people. Uh, and while we have the opportunity to grow those, we need to do that uh, as a community and get the get lobbying with the, the governments and getting them to actually invest more into our communities especially the rural communities uh, and our our metros as well because they have it even harder uh, with the struggles that they face and uh, the cost of living in those areas you know and uh, not having the jobs so we need to create those jobs uh, and ensure that they're entrenched in our communities so that our people will thrive naturally without having to leave their own homes or their own back doors uh, so, you know, that's a huge thing for me, and I hope that those things continue on. 
What lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic and the pandemic response for the things that are a longer term uh, than the pandemic, hopefully? Uh, the intergenerational sorts of things we're facing in social injustice and climate change and so on. Mm. You know, climate change isn't something new to the Māori people. The climate has always changed. Uh, and the people had always changed with the climate. Uh, you know, and that's one of the one reasons why we ended up in Aotearoa as Māori in the first place, was because, one, overpopulation in the islands, two, the climate started to change. So they had to come and find new land. They found new land, uh, and they climatised to that. Uh, so climate change for me is not new. Uh, it's not something we can, uh, will beat us as well, as long as we as a people change the way we do things. Uh, you know, it might be a matter of Louis giving up his car, even though he doesn't really want to, because, you know, it's easy to get in the car and drive to the next meeting, uh, and a bit harder for Louis to get on the bike and bike to the next meeting, because you don't want to go there all sweaty and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, um, so it's about us changing our ways, uh, our ways of living, you know. Uh, another thing, if the Pākehā had listened to our people where they put their towns, they wouldn't have such, you know, who would put a portiki in between two rivers and the ocean? The Māori didn't put their people there. Those were our gardens <laughs> for a reason, because the rivers always flood the area. But now we're fighting the river to keep it on that side so it doesn't come into the town. Uh, another example is the State Highway 35. Uh, if the people had listened to our kaumatu of the time, um, they would realise that all the slips that happen were told to them from our kaumatua. They said, don't put the road there. It needs to go over here because of all the water that's on the top of those moangas are going to make it slip every time. And ever since then, they've always been appearing the slips on those areas. So, you know, our people know, and we just need to listen to those people who know the know, especially with climate change and where things will happen. Uh, because no one knows the land better than the Māori uh, and the changes that have occurred. Um, and, you know, our, our kaumatua have told us time and time again that we would never get a tsunami here on the eastern Bay of Plenty because they know the water so well and they know the depth, they know how deep it is and how deep it's not. Uh, we will get high tides, but we won't get a tsunami like everyone thinks a tsunami is with a big wall of water coming over us. So we're quite safe there, and they're quite safe. They're quite happy to say that they're safe too. Uh, you know, the water line, they're saying it's actually increasing. Well, actually, our Komatua said it's actually gone out even further since they were kids. It hasn't come in. It's actually gone out, uh, and they've got a bigger beach than they've ever had. When they were kids, it used to come up to the fence line. Now it's actually gone further out. Uh, so, you know, it's just about us listening to the way things have happened and changed over time uh, when it comes to climate change. And we just need to listen to that and adapt our ways so that we can can be here for another 100, 200 years time. Uh, who knows? You know, I might get a new lagoon here in a Portuguese. That's all right. I'll just move back down the coast uh, and live on the new lagoon, uh, you know, because I'll have a new lagoon out the back of my house. It will increase the value now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wanna be in America 
I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, the biggest success for me is actually getting onto district council uh, and being that Maori voice that our people deserve. Uh, that has to be the huge success for me. And I have to thank my people for that. Uh, because if it wasn't for the people and they came in the multitudes to vote, vote for me and to ensure that I got a seat there, uh, it wouldn't be the case. And, you know, I now see that they believed in me to fight the system from within rather than fighting the system from the outside. And uh, I have to take my hat off to my people for doing that and I uh, hope they come back and say, yes, Louis, you're doing it again uh, uh, next year when it comes to elections, uh, which I'm sure they will. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's why all the successes since becoming a district councillor uh, in regards to my community, uh, in regards to the relationship between the council and my iwi as well. Uh, it's been a huge success there, uh, because if it wasn't for me and my people, uh, there wouldn't be a relationship that they have now. Te Whanau Aapunui and a Portuguese District Council have never had a relationship uh, in the past, uh, because Te Whanau Aapunui have always told them, don't come here, we'll do what we please, uh, you go away. And uh, the council listened, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, they didn't just go in there and bombard them with whatever they wanted to. Uh, but it was time for a change, and the people saw that. And uh, we managed to build a relationship which is flourishing at the moment. Uh, and I hope to grow that even further uh, to where we are actually working as treaty partners, uh, side by side for the betterment of the entire community. Uh, so for me, the hugest success is uh, penetrating the council and getting in there. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work, and you are most definitely in the team. What is your superpower? <laughs> my superpower, I guess, is my talk. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to talk the talk and walk the walk. Uh, you know, I don't say things that I won't do myself. I don't say things that I haven't done myself. Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect my people to follow me if I hadn't already done something like that I asked them to do. Uh, so for me, the power of speak, the power of talk uh, is my superpower, I guess, uh, and being able to woe the people uh, and pull them on side uh, and getting things done and not just talking about it. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? No, I'm not an activist, I'm a Māori. End of story. If other people see me as an activist, that's their, that's their uh, right to do so. But for me, I am just being Māori. I'm being true to my people. I'm being true to my ancestors, uh, my tipuna who left me here uh, to do the things that I'm doing uh, and have left the values that I follow. So for me, I'm just a Māori. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? 
the people. Absolutely every single day it is the people uh, in ensuring the well-being, uh, ensuring that they, they have what they need. Uh, and uh, as I said, you know, I live my life by I am a slave to my people. Uh, and if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be where I am today. I'll still be following the big dollar sign that I used to uh, before I moved home uh, here to a Portuguese now going on almost nine years ago. Uh, you know, because, you know, as youngster, you go out and you live life. Uh, you think it's all about the money. You think it's all about the, all the toys, all the having all the flash things around you, uh, all the, the, the beautiful wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. Uh, lived it, realized I was missing something and that was far note. Uh, so realized I needed to come home, so I came home. And ever since then, it's always been about the people and ensuring that I am doing what I can to protect the future, uh, to ensure that the children after me uh, have the best start in life uh, and that I don't leave anything behind for them to have to fix up. So what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to over the next year or so? Over the next year or so, we'll be running for mayor. I will be running for mayor again of a Portuguese uh, and, and the district council. You know, I can't not do that. My people set the challenge two years ago, and, uh, you know, I need to keep following that challenge that they set me uh, for them. As they have told me, you are going to be doing it again, Louis. Uh, so that is, for me, the biggest challenge is to make that step into there and get those golden chains so that I can make huge transformational change for the Portuguese district for the wider Bay of Plenty uh, region as well uh, and influence more there, uh, but more so for the Portuguese district and the iwi here uh, and fixing the treaty partnership that is meant to be in place uh, and ensuring that my people and my iwi are looked after as well. Can you do that with just Maori voting for you or do you need Pākehā to vote for you as well? Uh, and I need the Pākehā to vote for me as well. And, you know, I, I do have a good relationship with Pākehā here uh, because I was born and bred here amongst the Pākehā, uh, not amongst the Māori, but amongst the Pākehā. Uh, my parents, uh, people who believe that the Pākehā way is the way to go, uh, just like my great-grandfather who actually changed our name from Rāpihana to Robson because he said, you will get nowhere with the name Rāpihana, so my children will wear the name Robson so that they will get somewhere in life and the Pākehā would, would actually listen to them. And, you know, my parents lived by those values and I don't, I don't um, hold that against them as well. You know, I thank them for giving me that upbringing that they gave me, sending me to a Pākehā school, sending me to a Pākehā daycare centre rather than to the Kohanga Reo, uh, sending me to the Pākehā college. Thank you for that. It gave me the education that I needed uh, to get where I am in today's world. Uh, and at the same time, I thank my whānau for instilling in me all the tikanga Māori that I have, you know, and also instilling in me, uh, my grandparents instilling te reo within us as children, even though we went to a Pākehā school. So that made it easier when I was growing up to actually hold hard, hold fast to te reo and have the reo that I have today. And I take my hat off to the kōhanga reo when I moved home uh, eight years ago. Uh, they gave me a job within the kōhanga reo uh, with only being able to say tēnā koe, kia ora, yes, no, ai, kao. And uh, today I'm one of the main kaikōrero for te whānua apnu in Whakatohia. And so, you know, I take my hat off to my world and my being, uh, in all, all beings. I thank my parents for giving me life, 
I thank my parents for sending me to the Pākehā school so that I could get the Pākehā system in me. Uh, and I thank my whānau at the same time for instilling all the tikanga Māori that they have within me and giving me what I have today. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Tuatahi mihi atu ki a koutou e whakarongo mai ana ki tēnei o ngā pūrongo. I give thanks to all of you out there who are listening in uh, to this conversation that we're having today. Uh, and my main piece of advice is always manaki uh, te tangata uh, tukuna te aroha. Always be hospitable and caring to the people. Uh, always share the love. And that way our people, our, our communities will thrive, our whanau will thrive, uh, and will be a better day tomorrow. Thank you for that. Mawera. Louis, um, I've spent, I'm so much like my dad. I love my dad, but I'm so much like my dad. I, he spent his whole life biting people, and I've spent my whole life biting people. And just recently, um, you've, you've been in the media over um, something that got my gander up and made me want to fight, but you showed me another way in, in a way that made me want to change my way of doing things. You inspired me to take a different approach. You've, you've made a fundamental change to who I am as a human and the way that I'll deal with things going forward. And I'm so thankful to you for that. Thank you for your leadership in our community. Thank you for walking your talk and being the authentic person that you are. We appreciate you. Kia ora. Kia ora rai, uh, You know, it wasn't easy in my whanau. They still uh, think that I should slice off throats and everything like that. Uh, but for me, if we don't live by the tikanga of our tipuna, uh, we'll never get anywhere. So, you know, we must always fight the bad with good. We must always do that and we'll get further in life. Mihiana ki akwe mō ngā kōrero, so thank you for your kōrero. their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution today from tahu mckenzie this is three islands coromandel summer I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and in Apotiki, Louis Rapihana. We hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Yeah. All somewhere.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.